Welcome, everyone. It's another episode of the Hall of Fame show. It is actually season four, episode 31. Oh, my God. Season four, episode 31. We've been doing this quite a long time, have we not? We have. I just feel like we've we've had so much going on. We have, usually at this point, we're like episode 40-something. I just feel like we've had so much going on. We're a fewer episodes this year. That is true. Yeah, we, we've sort of like, uh, it, it's funny, though. Uh, you're, you're a thousand percent right, but that's mostly because we sort of, well, okay, we, we said like, all right, there's no Hall of Fame news. And then sometimes you've got your stuff going on. I've got my stuff going on. And we both have been doing so much with the United States Athletic Hall of Fame. Hopefully, anyone watching this or listening to this right now has checked out our show where we announced the first ever United States Athletic Hall of Fame class, where we had special guests, uh, Olympic bronze medalist Dan Steele, Olympic bronze medalist mm -hmm. Chris Huffins, uh, in the bobsled and uh, decathlon, respectively, and Marissa Chu, uh, TCU uh, coach in track and field. So, uh, and also mm -hmm. Vinny Laspinuso, who is uh, our resident Hall of Fame expert. If he doesn't know about the Hall of Fame, if you're, then you ask the wrong question. I honestly believe that. <laughs> and there were a lot yep. of other people behind it. And thank you all for making that uh, what it is. We are going to be making uh, the 2024 thing much, much bigger much better we are working pretty hard to get new people who are going to be part of this yeah and i already, i already have a couple people who are going to be doing it um one oh, from, you? okay i, I just heard one from martial arts right. one from broadcasting okay uh, so we have so i'm asking more and more people here so we'll we'll try and get this awesome. done i don't i know we said maybe december 15th i think we need to give ourselves some more time to get this group together yeah so. i, I kind of realized that that's that uh also so but uh, i think if we have that by january 10th and have that complete at this point uh i heard back from somebody who might be a bit might be interested so i've got four okay. people interested uh all from the nfl actually no that's not true uh, uh two from nfl two from broadcasting okay cool so, uh and we'll talk about that after so uh and if you're someone who th you think you might be a, a great fit for this hit us up that's what we're here for yeah. we we just want to make this grow and if there's something that you think we're doing right Great. If you think there's something we're doing wrong, great. Tell us what we can do better. Yep. You know, like the there's one thing that we are not, and it's that is convinced we're 100 percent right on everything. We're doing the best we can. <laughs> Which I think puts us higher than most halls of fame as it is. Uh, but we're no looking, at, we're... looking at you, Bob Dylan. So we'll uh, get to that later. A bit of foreshadowing there. Uh, we're going to talk about, I guess we're going to open up with the Toy Hall of Fame, which is held in the Strong Museum in Rochester, New York. I got to visit this place one day. And there is yeah. this fun little idea where they just, they've been doing this for God, I think over 20 years. Uh, so it's the Toy Hall of Fame, the Video Game Hall of Fame is housed there. And you've got in front of you the... Although, although I have been to another place that calls itself a Video Game Hall of Fame as well. So oh, in, okay. in New Hampshire. Oh. Yeah. Oh. So... The uh, fun spot in New Hampshire, uh, in uh, is that Laconia? Can't remember exactly what town it is New Hampshire. Uh, also called itself the Video Game Hall of Fame. So, um, and they have they have a dragon named Top Stump, which is fun stop backwards. Uh, who is uh, their mascot? Who defends it? You know, violently. But they I've been there many times. It's got I don't know, 150, 200 arcade boxes plus a ton of pinball machines and all sorts of other stuff so it's got a pretty good claim too so interesting anyway. but yeah the toy hall of fame has got four new inductees uh some of them are well 
one's very special near and dear to my heart i, I want to get back into that one day mm -hmm. mr wallet says i can <laughs> uh i think you can probably guess which one that is i'll just open up with that it's baseball cards it's, oh i would say I, I was thinking it was going to be the 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 fourth one that got added at the last minute Nerf? um no we'll get to that Okay. Uh, no, so yeah, baseball cards. First time, as far as we know, baseball cards have been nominated. So I have all the nominee, all the they started doing this in 1998. So mm -hmm. this is the 25th anniversary. I have all the other nominees from 2006 on. Plus I have 2004. I'm sorry, I have 2004, 2006, and 2009 on. Mm -hmm. I don't have records together. I've asked the strong a couple times. They've never got back to me. Uh, but you, did, did baseball cards. You're the co-founder of the United States Athletic Hall of Fame. I should need. I need to go back and do that. Oh, um, yeah. But uh, this is, as far as I know, baseball cards first time being nominated. Believe it or not. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I believe it because uh, I have not seen it before. Mm -hmm. So yeah, so first time. Um, yeah, and then uh, on the opposite end of the structure, we always say there's something that takes like four or five times to get in. Well. The number five was good for Cabbage Patch Kids, which is the one I was going to joke that you're actually, you know, going no, for. I, no, I, I, no, I always found them creepy, frankly. <laughs> yeah, so Cabbage Patch Kids, uh, their fifth nomination for since 2021. Uh, they actually, them getting in closes all the nominees for 2004, that first class I have everything from. Mm -hmm. So all the nominees from 04, which are G.I. Joe, Rocking Horse, and Scrabble getting in. And under that, Big Wheels, Cabbage Patch Kids, Candyland, Easy Bake Ovens, uh, Fisher Prices, Little People, Hot Wheels, Lionel Trains, Rubik's Cubes, and Wiffle Ball are all in now. So well, that's the first class we've officially closed with that one. Well, you mentioned Fisher Price because uh, they're they're also in again here this year. Mm -hmm. The booze of the Corn Popper. The corn popper, yes. I never had that, one, but I remember it felt like almost every one of my friends did have one of those. Yeah, well, I, the thing I like about the corn popper more than anything else, other than the fact it got in, it was not one of the nominees. Um, so what they did, because this is the 25th anniversary, they had a special vote of their forgotten five um, toys that people could vote for online. Uh, and so they are the Fisher Price Corn Popper, My Little Pony, Pez, the Pogo Stick, and Transformers. Mm -hmm. And out of that group, the Corn Popper ended up winning. There you go. Which is interesting. Not the oldest of the things on there. The oldest thing is uh, the Pogo Stick, then Pez, then the Corn Popper. Mm -hmm. But uh, no, yeah, Pez first started in 1927. Coming up on 100 years, start as a breath mint. Uh, but yeah, the Corn Popper got in. By special uh, online vote. We still so, have those, Pez? I guess so. Oh, I got a whole cabinet full right over here. The kids get them all the time. Oh. Okay. Yeah, uh, a whole cabinet full. Right uh, and then, of course, Nerf, you brought up before. Nerf, yeah. Uh, Nerf's, Nerf's all sorts of fun. Actually, yeah, know, which I once, once I uh, once convinced a whole bunch of people was an acronym for non edged resistant foam as a. Uh, did it work? And they believed it. They did. Yeah. I and, I, then, I and then realized that the date was April 1st. Actually, I remember uh, convincing somebody uh, who was a novice in football. So, okay, I'm going to learn everything about that. Okay. So the quarterback stats come up. All right. So the first set, that's comp at 
That's okay. That's the quarterback's compassion. <laughs> and the second one is attitude. <laughs> These are the alternate D and D stats that they use for football. <laughs> they bought it. <laughs> that's funny. So, yep. So, baseball cards, cabbage patch kids, Nerf, and Fisher Price corn popper. Uh, our other nominees who did not get in: Battleship, Bingo, Bop It, Choose Your Own Adventure Books, Connect Four, The Ken Doll. This was a year for the Ken Doll, I thought. Well, you, but, you think that, but I mean, the, the patriarchy doesn't always win. That is true. Uh, the Little Tight Cozy Coop, which is still the world's best-selling car, Slime, and Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. So it's the first time up ever for uh, Battleship, Bop It. Choose Your Own Adventure Books, Connect Four, Ken Doll, The Cozy Coop, and Slime. Third time for Bingo. Fourth time for TNMT. Uh, so I guess their next one up for the uh, long time will finally vote them in list. It's going to probably be Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtle when it comes up again. So you know, uh, this this one's got some Nerf toys. This one here. Mm. Yeah. Tell Getting into some non-resistant foam. There you go. Uh, so we haven't done this. We didn't do this last week. So do we have a longer list for those who uh, we've lost? Uh, we do a little bit here. Sorry, one second. I'm just closing this out to make sure I could serve the internet and everything for my computer. Because sometimes with too many windows open, it starts to freeze. Um, okay, yeah. So we did. Uh, I think we only had one super duper big name this week, at least to me. Mm -hmm. uh, but with some interesting people who passed away, um, starting with... Eleanor Otto passed away at the age of a hundred and four. Who is Eleanor Otto better known as? I have no idea. I've never heard that name the, before. The, the original Rosie the Riveter. You mean like the one in like in the in the picture we always see? Correct. Like she, was, she was the actual model. Oh wow. She was the actual model, the American factory uh woman. She was a hundred and four years old when she just passed away. Damn. Yeah. I uh also passing away, uh another court versus civil rights era, uh Sarah Louise Keys, who was in in the military uh and was told to give up her seat in the bus about a couple years before Rosa Parks oh. uh, refused. Was supposed to give up her seat in a bus to a white marine, refused and spent uh uh 13 hours in the brig and was court martialed over it. Um why is that so, not more known? I've never, I'm not familiar with that. Yeah. Uh, she ended up, she was actually the, uh, about to be, um, she was about to be honored or there's a, there's actually a bill before the Congress right now uh, to give her the Congressional Medal of Honor that it just didn't go through because Congress isn't doing anything. If you haven't noticed. Um, yeah. But she passed away at the age of 95 uh, and also one more of those longtime folks I want to bring up, um, Paulo, uh, sorry, astronaut with, um, with the Gemini seven and Apollo eight missions. Frank Borman also passed away at the age of ninety five. Aren't many of those original astronauts left around either? Uh, so he was in space on two separate occasions, uh, but he was ninety five years old. There can't be too many astronauts who went who went up twice in the in pre nineteen eighty, right? It can't be. There can't be. No, no. I, I did not look that up, but there there cannot be a ton. Mm -hmm. uh, we also lost two people from the um, all women's 
baseball. Uh, so Norma Berger, okay. who played with the Springfield Sallies, mm -hmm. uh, passed away at the age of, uh, what does I make here, 89. Uh, and uh, Jeanette Stalker, who played with a whole bunch of teams, uh, mostly with the Kenosha Comets, uh, passed away at the age of 96. Love that name, Kenosha Comets. It's a great name. And it's Comets with a K, by the way. Oh, I didn't know that. Yeah. Okay. Um, the first woman ever to be sports editor for the Associated Press, Terry Taylor, uh, passed away from cancer at the age of 71. Um, also, just quickly, uh, Dex Carvey, Dana Carvey's son, passed a drug oh. overdose at 32. Shit. I, did, I missed that completely. Yeah. Um, and uh, one of the great... Uh, I guess background karate guys, Pat E. Johnson, who is in the karate, he was the choreographer of the Karate Kid series, but also was in Enter the Dragon, uh, Teenage Ninja Turtles, Mortal Kombat, all sorts of stuff like that. He, he actually in the movie Enter the Dragon? Yeah, you know the, the collection agent from the mafia who gets cold cocked by John Saxon? Yes, I do. That is Pat E. Johnson. Uh, he, he passed away okay. at the age of 83. Um, I'm sure he would, did not want to have to take a fall for John Saxon. I don't know that John Saxon was an asshole. He just seems like he might have been. <laughs> yeah, probably. I, sure. I, I have no knowledge. And and if anyone's and he was a great guy, like, I'm sorry. He just he was also a ninth degree bat, you know, black belt on Tang So Do, which is the martial art founded by um, Chuck Norris. So he's the highest ranked person other than Chuck Norris in that thing. I don't know if that means anything, but. I've yeah. I've never even heard of that. Well, yeah, yeah. Well, the the only element you need there is the element of surprise. Uh, so, well, whatever it is, I'm sure it's better than whatever Seagal came up with. <laughs> if you're with Seagal, you're automatically on deadly ground. So, Ooh. or are you under siege? I'm just the cook. <laughs> Thank you. There Mask you go. Very impressionist. Very nice. Um, we lost a couple of athletes who competed in both the 1960 and 1964 Summer Olympics. Uh, Russell Camilleri, the American wrestler, uh, passed away at the age of 86. Uh, Garfield McMahon, the Canadian sports shooter, uh, passed away at the age of 91. Uh, and I think I had one more. There was one more as well, and I lost it. But there was another one who passed away. There was like there was three athletes who only competed in 1960 and 1964, and they all died back to back to back days. But none, kind none, of none Hungarian, though. What? None. None of them Hungarian. None of them Hungarian. We had no Hungarian deaths like at all this entire two weeks. So, possibly moved on because there was a lot of Italians who died this last week. Um, one of whom was not uh, the probably the greatest golfer in the women's uh, PGA Tour in Europe, the European version. Mm -hmm. Uh, Dale Reed passed away at the age of 64, uh, second all time with 21 wins on the ladies tour. Also um, won the Order of Merit. She was an OBE, uh, but she passed away at the age of 64. Uh, passed away from hockey. This one I kind of forgot about him. Um, but uh, Roman Chechmanic, the goaltender for the 
Philadelphia Flyers. Also, Dominic Hasek's backup for the um, national team of the Czech Republic when they won the 1998 uh, Winter Olympic gold. Um, he passed away at the age of 52. I don't have a reason why, but he passed away earlier this week. Yeah, I remember him. I don't want to say vividly because it's not quite true, but I do remember quite a bit of him. One second. I hear. Apologies right. to Roman Chukmanic. Uh, my dogs really remembered him really well, as you can sort of tell, and they got really excited. Uh, but yeah, uh, there's only so far you're going to do, going to go when you're backing up uh, Hashik, but he was, he had some pretty, he had a decent career in the NHL. Yeah. Um, more over in Czech, in the Czech Republic, but a, a few years in the early 2000s with the Flyers. Yeah. Probably yeah. The main I remember, part. remember him very well. Um, all right. I did forget one from golf. Uh, PGA golfer R.H. Sykes, who won four tournaments over the years, uh, passed away at the age of 83. Uh, we lost four people in football, um, starting with Matt Ulrich, uh, offensive guard who won a Super Bowl with the Indianapolis Colts on Super Bowl 50, or sorry, Super Bowl 41. Uh, he passed away at the age of 41. I don't know what happened. Um, also passing away, Devin Wiley. Uh, he passed away at the age of 35. He played the Chiefs, Cardinals, Steelers, Titans, Seahawks, 49ers, Rams, Raiders, and Falcons, and, Toy and uh, Toronto Argonauts. Uh, mostly kicker, turner, and uh, receiver. A lot of practice squads with those teams, but he was only 35. Um also passed away Ken Adamson, uh, who was an AFL All-Star in 1961 playing with the Broncos. Uh, he passed away at the age of 85. I guess the biggest name of passed in football was DJ Hayden, uh, who, who played with the, mostly with the Raiders, but also the Lions and Jaguars. Uh, spent the offseason with the Washington football team in 2021. Killed in a car crash when somebody ran a red light at 2 o'clock in the morning while wasted. Um, so he and two other NFL players, mainly guys from the University of Houston, uh, were all, uh, killed at two o'clock in the morning, uh, and struck the SUV in which he was a passenger. So ran a red light at excessive speed and killed, uh, six people. So, yeah. Um, from the world of motorsports, we lost a couple of people. Uh, Kyle LeDuc, uh, who was a won seven uh, Pro Four class championships, uh, six of which came in the Lucas Oil Off Road Racing Series. And he had over a hundred career wins. Uh, he died of um, head and neck cancer. Uh, he was forty two. I don't even know what that is. I something I don't think I want to catch is the answer to that question. Yeah, I suppose. Um, also passing away, such so important that uh, Bernie Sanders actually tweeted about it. Okay. Uh, Ken Squire passed away, the Hall of Fame announcer for NASCAR. Uh, okay, passed, away, yeah, yeah. passed away at the age of eighty-eight. I... Uh, but he was from Waterbury, Vermont. Oh, that's why I was going to say, like, uh, no disrespect to Bernie. He doesn't strike me as a NASCAR guy. 
Well, he's he's 88 and from Waterbury, Vermont, which I feel like is basically Bernie's. Isn't Bernie like 80 and from Waterbury, Vermont as well? <laughs> I mean, okay, well, maybe, maybe they might have run around on the same uh, track, let's say. Yeah, they, they were they were they may have gone to high school together or something. But uh, he passed away, like I said, at the age of 88. Hmm. First announcer to give lap by lap commentary for the Daytona 500, uh, and coined the term the Great American Race for the Daytona 500. So. Uh, yeah, but he passed away, like I said, at the age of 88. Um, thoroughbred Horse Racing Hall of Fame jockey Bobby Ussery uh, passed away at the age of 88 as well. Won, he only won 3,611 races. Oh, that's all. Not that impressive. What can I say? Yeah, so he was 88. He retired. Uh, when he retired, he was third in uh, all-time race wins. I'm not sure he is now. Mm -hmm. um uh right now we're getting to baseball uh rob Belor, uh who played with the atlanta braves for several seasons passed away at the age of 75 uh save him for a second uh, D uh dave stenhouse father of mike stenhouse mm -hmm. who played with the, your expos teams uh he passed away at the age of 90 he was a two-time all-star but but those are both back in 1962 when they had two all-star I know that name. Wow. Uh, yeah, but he, yeah, he passed away at the age of 90. Uh, also passing away, uh, uh, Dennis Higgins, who played the White Sox, Senators, and in Indians and Cardinals from 66 to 72. Uh, he passed away at the age of 84. Um, Peter Seidler passed away, the former uh, chairman of the San Diego Padres and grandson of Walter O'Malley. Oh, um, okay. He passed away at the age of 63. He had been going, had uh, multiple bouts of uh, non-Hodgkin's lymphoma and also had type 1 diabetes. Um, so in September, he said that he would not be able to go to any more games because he needed a medical procedure, uh, but passed away at the age of 63. Um and finally, I think the biggest name in baseball, Dick Drago, uh, passed away at the age of 78. Uh, this actually happened before our last episode, but didn't show up until later. Yeah. Uh, where the Royals, Red Sox, Angels, Orioles, and Mariners. I remember him best, of course, with the 75 Red Sox. Um, uh, he gave up, also probably best known for giving up the last of uh, Hank Aaron's home runs. Oh. Okay. The last of them? He gave up the he gave up number 755. Okay. Um so yeah, but he yeah, he passed away at the age of 78. All right. From music. Um hold on. We'll come back. I'll come back to music. Make sure. Apologies. No, we have one basketball I want to gather right first. Uh Johnny Green. Passed away at the age of 89, four-time NBA All-Star in 62, 63, 65, and 71. Uh, player of the Knicks, Baltimore Bullets, San Diego Rockets, Philadelphia 76ers, and the Kansas City slash Royals slash the, or sorry, Cincinnati Royals slash Kansas City Omaha Kings. Mm -hmm. uh, number 24 is retired by Michigan State. Uh, consensus second team All-American in 1959. 12,000 points in his career in the NBA, averaged 11.6 points a game. A very, very good player. Yeah, ranked on the non-Hall of Fame basketball list. Uh, someone to consider. I don't remember where, but he's 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 ranked. Yeah. Okay. 
Um, and, and that leaves me with with uh, with music. Uh, so we'll start with um, uh, Charlie Domenici, the second vocalist for Dream Theater, uh, when when Chris Collins left. Uh, then he was later replaced by James Labrie. He passed away at the age of seventy-two. Uh, I don't know what he passed of. Um, from the Dove Shack. Do you remember the Dove Shack G Funk group? They they were uh, on uh, uh, Regulate the Regulate album uh, with Warren G. Uh, but C Knight from the Dove Shack passed away at the age of fifty-two. You know, the Dove Shack was a little place where we can get together. I knew that was going to come out of your mouth, and and I'll say he had complications from a stroke. Sorry. Um, yeah, I know. That tin roof was rusted. Um, so, uh, from... Uh, I, I do that to my wife all the time whenever I, we're driving and there's a sign, I go, sign says! And... <laughs> Uh, the original bass player of the Stone Roses, Pete Garner, uh, passed away. Um, he was with them from 83 through 87. Uh, he died of cancer at the age of 61. And then I would say the biggest name who passed away, the last member of the gang passed away. Cool is still going, but the gang is gone. Um, I was wondering so, if you left because I saw that today. Yeah, so George Funky Brown uh, passed away. He's probably best known for writing two of the greatest hits of all time for them. For, by the way, we've talked about this many times. Cool and the Gang is ridiculously overlooked for getting the Rockwell Hall of Fame. They meet every possible criteria except having been nominated. Um, but uh, yeah. late, he wrote Ladies Night uh, and he wrote probably their biggest hit of all time, Celebration. And now at this point, I don't know. I mean, I, if they actually get in, who's accepting? I guess just Cool. And he's the only one left. Yeah. So Cool is 73. So it's not like any of these guys were particularly old. Uh, but, but, I mean, Ronald Bell's gone. D.D. Thomas is gone. Spike Mickens is gone. Charles Smith is gone. Woody Sparrow's gone. George Brown is gone. And now... Yeah, yeah, sorry. And Funky Brown is gone. And Ricky Westfield's gone. Mm -hmm. So that's everybody. Yeah. So except for cool. So they need to take care of that while he's still alive and uh get those guys in. But yeah, so George Funky Brown, uh rest in peace. He was uh 74 years old. So right. that's everybody I got. Okay. All right, so it brings us to elevator up. Elevator down. Elevator up, elevator down. Who in the last, I guess, two weeks has made a Hall of Fame case and who hasn't? And Hall of Fame case, pretty easy for me in Elevator Up is it's all baseball related. Uh, no, it has to be. The awards just came out. Yeah, and these matter a lot. I'm, I'm just going to focus on the real big ones here. Uh, that being the MVP and the Cy Youngs. Yeah. Uh, needless to say, all four of them have taken major step ups. Uh, yeah. Shoei Otani, who won the American League MVP, is a Hall of Famer, I think, to you, to me, but he doesn't meet the qualifications because he hasn't played 10 years. Now, he's what? Is he four years in now? 
No, because I, I think I, I think he's more than that because his first two years were relatively nondescript. Because I he didn't even pitch till year three. No, sorry, he didn't even hit till three year three. Interesting. So keep, but, keep talking. I'm sorry, I've interrupted. Yeah. So no, no, all good. So I, either way, I I don't care if for whatever reason because he's the type of player who could break down completely. Mm-hmm. Fortunately, like any ball player really could, I suppose. Yeah, um, I mean, it's got right. So 18, 19, 20, 21, 22, 23. It's actually a six year. Okay. Okay. So if for whatever reason he, he like, let's just say his arm falls off, I don't know, or just something awful. Mm-hmm. I see how they can't sort of like look at this guy, what he's done, what, what type of spe- special player that he was, and give mm-hmm. him some kind of dispensation. Yeah, I mean, you'd think so, but they are notorious for, unless you die, they're notorious for not doing it. Even if you die, it didn't help Thurman Munson. So, like, you just... Right, but Munson is not, is no show hey. Oh, I know, I get that. I mean, my point is, it's, I mean, I mean, uh, Josh Hamilton didn't even make a ballot because he only had nine years because of stuff, and he was an, he right. was an MVP. But Josh Hamilton also uh, sabotaged his, his early career. I'm not arguing that. My point is that's the guy who was an MVP and they still didn't make a right, didn't and, make... And, I, and I understand that. Uh having said that, uh obviously that's that's a huge thing. Two MVPs, it's hard to keep anyone out. Uh Ronald Acuna, who was also uh the major league player of the year and should have been, which is great. Yes, uh, he's he's ridiculous. That dude is like I watched very little baseball, but ever I saw that Ronald Acuna was on the screen, I stopped to watch. Absolutely. He's incredibly fun to watch play baseball. And if only baseball had a commissioner that would want him to be front and center. If only. If only. If only. Uh, so, like, these are two real special players. We're not looking – they're not going to be, like, players who – or where we've had these weird fluke MVPs. Burroughs, mm. comma, Jeff. Yeah, it's the mind that like made no sense. Uh, or actually, an MB uh, Hall of Famer Willie Stargell is probably the worst MVP of all time. Check it out, kids. I'm not. I'm 1979. It makes no sense. Mm. That's neither here nor there. Uh, Garrett Cole, who has been the be- who's been in the top five players for a long time, and in- in- in pitchers rather, is finally mm. a Cy Young winner. This is huge for him. Uh, yeah. yeah is-, is he greasing up the ball? Yes. Uh, does baseball care? No. Do the writers care? Probably not. Mm-hmm. But now here, the the most interesting one for me is Blake Snell, who now yes, joins a, that. a very interesting category. Let me bring this up here. Uh, one of the few players to win the Cy Young in, in both leagues. So let's just play the Sesame Street game because that's going to come up a little bit later in, in Elevator Down, believe it or not. I've intrigued you, haven't I? Yeah. One of these names is not like the other. One of these names just doesn't belong. So he joins a club of Gaylord Perry, Pedro mm-hmm. Martinez, Randy mm-hmm. Johnson, Roger Clemens, mm-hmm. Roy Halliday, mm-hmm. and Max Scherzer. Mm-hmm. Blake okay. Snell, his two Cy Young winning years are the only two years that he's ever been received Cy Young votes. 
So we're looking mm. at a player with two very, very good years and has been above average in some. Mm-hmm. He's also an interesting case who pissed off a few people, myself included, with his attitude during the COVID year saying, I'm going to pitch. I'm not taking a pay cut, even though I'm only playing 50 games. Yeah, I remember. Yeah, so that that was... Uh, I'm sure I'm not the only one who got turned off ma- massively by by that attitude. I, I, I can get where he's coming from. Maybe you should be a little bit self-aware there, dipshit. Keep your mouth shut on that one. So... Mm-hmm. Saying that, he's joined a very exclusive club with people who were, now I don't believe Perry was a first ballot Hall of Famer, but Scherzer will be. Mm -hmm. Uh, It's a special group. It's a very special group. Mm -hmm. Uh, Two Cy Youngs does not necessarily make you a Hall of Famer. uh, Yeah, I'm I'm looking at people, I'm looking at people of two Cy Youngs right now in front of me just to see. Uh, Obviously, we have we have Clemens, who has seven and isn't in for other reasons. Right. But you have Denny McLean, Brett Saberhagen, Johan Santana, Tim Lincecum, Corey Kluber, Jacob DeGrom, and Blake Snell. Uh, I don't think Kluber DeGrom, or maybe DeGrom gets in. I don't think Kluber ever will. I don't um, need, Yeah, so I'm with you on that one. I, I think you said, I'm pretty sure it was you, who said DeGrom could become the first starting pitcher who, to make the Hall of Fame without 100 wins. Yeah, he's going to be real close. Yeah, but DeGrom we knew was was that special. Kluber mm-hmm. and Snell aren't are their aces. Don't I, I don't think anyone's going to argue that. But I've got them below Lincecum at his peak. I've got them below Santana at his peak. Yeah, I mean, certainly below Santana. So, so. it's uh, Snell's yeah. 30. Now, what would he have to do here? Well, well, I mean, Jacob DeGrom's 35, and he just won a World Series, so I guess that helps. Uh, <laughs> yeah, I guess so. You kind of forget that, don't you? I did. Yeah. I so he's, by game. the way, DeGrom is 84 and 57 in his career. Mm. Um, but uh, what would Kluber have to do? So or what would Snell have to do? Get all get Cy Young votes in two to three more seasons. Be a top five guy in two or three more seasons. If he does that, if you have two and you're like, I'll say top five in two seasons and top ten in another, that may be enough. If you know what I mean, it could be. It could be. I mean, like I, I mean, think I, the big award. I feel like Saberhagen is better too. What's that? I watched Saberhagen. I feel oh, like yeah. Saberhagen is better than Snell, too. I watched a lot of Saberhagen back in the day. Uh, but, yeah, Snell is, like, I forgot he even won that other Cy Young. Yeah, I know. And it wasn't all that long ago. I forgot about it completely. And that's in our division. Because, you know, uh, for, for those unaware, I'm a Jays sure. and you're a Red Sox fan. And that's Yeah, and, and uh, that that's going to come up here in a second, too. Uh, the Boston-Toronto thing, so. Well, there you go. So uh, those are my uh, obvious elevator ups. Uh, my elevator down is something a story you may not be aware of. And someone who I don't think was ever really considered for the Rock Hall. But she fits a, a category. I mentioned Sesame Street. Do you mm-hmm. remember uh, a First Nations lady who used to appear on that? Who's a folk singer? 
Mm, not particularly. I remember when Feist was on. <laughs> Clearly, you have kids, and I do not. Because I one, two, three, four monsters dancing across the floor. Anyway, continue. <laughs> well, the, the lady in question is named Buffy Saint Marie. Oh yeah, I've heard of Buffy Saint Marie. All right now, she is an iconic figure in Canada. And apologies to our the people in the United States. She's not nearly as big a deal there, but uh, she did very very well for herself here to the point where she was on a she was just put on a stamp last year. She's a member okay. of the of Canada, which is a uh, I guess our version of the I'm going to sue the OBE. Hmm? It's your version of the OBE, right? The OBE. The officer of the British Empire or whatever it is. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, I, I was thinking like in, in your version of the U.S., just, I guess, the Presidential Medal of Freedom, I guess. Okay. Maybe. I mean, I'm, I'm just trying to come up with, with, with sort of that. Uh, not a lot of hits, uh, but uh, she was credited as the first Indigenous person to win an Oscar. She wrote Up Where We Belong. Yes, I did know. I did, I didn't again. I didn't realize she was. I didn't realize she was indigenous, but I did know she wrote that and that she went. Well, here's the interesting thing. She's not indigenous. That's not good. No, it is not. Uh, CBC up here, and I, and I welcome anyone to sort of watch. Like this came out two weeks ago as we were recording this. Uh, <laughs> I'm kind of blown away by this. This come this came out and then when I first heard it, it's like come on I just didn't believe it like nobody's pulling this kind of Rachel Dolezal crap for sixty years apparently she did there's this great thing from CBC uh, on the Fifth Estate and just to put it in more of that perspective she was on CBC I don't know how many times it's sort of like uh, if uh, there's the rumor that Ilhan Omar actually uh, married her brother. But the one who said that's mm -hmm. that's official was MSNBC. I'm trying to put it in that perspective. Got it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So for CBC to sort of be the one to sort of come up with come out with this, it, it's sort of mind boggling. Now her claim was that she was born in Saskatchewan and was part of a swoop of uh, where or scoop of people who were taken and to try and assimilate. Now, the, uh, the Canadian culture for this is awful. No one should, uh, I, I'm not defending it because I can't. Saying that, she wasn't part of that. As they sort of found her birth certificate and everything. Also, too, they uh, they didn't find it, but then the internet sleuths, once, once this came out, looked at her son's uh, Facebook post, which pretty much corroborated the whole thing from three years ago. Buffy wow. is half white, half Italian. Yeah, and from Massachusetts. Yes. Apparently. Yes. Not just Massachusetts, Stoneham, Massachusetts. That's the town next door to me from where I grew up. Stoneham, Stoneham, we my wife and I laugh at it all the time because they had an ad on Route 93 that basically translated to Stoneham. It's been here a long time. Like that's an effort to try to get you to go there. Stoneham, yeah. of course, is also the historical birthplace of uh the most famous person ever to be tire ironed in the shin before a skating competition. Oh, okay. And who I took figure skating lessons with as the only boy. She had half the ice. I had the other half with all the little girls. Well, it's, yeah. a, it's, a, it's also the home of the of Canada's most famous fake Indian. Wow. So 
I don't know if she was ever going to be considered for the raw call. Again, there's certain Probably boxes. Not. Which, yeah. Probably not. But we're talking about a woman who made up something for 60 years. Mm -hmm. 60 years. I'm old as shit. And she's had this lie going on for longer, like 10 years longer than I've been alive. Mm -hmm. I can't, I, I couldn't find anything that she's ever, like, I, I just want to, I started to go on a YouTube rabbit hole to see if I could find anything where that wasn't part of her identity in any kind of interview. I gave up after 20 minutes. I couldn't find anything. Because mm -hmm. it's all her whole, I guess her whole shtick. I have to say it's a shtick. Because that's what it was. Uh, I One clip I found where she was guest starring in The Virginian. Okay. And she said, well, okay, for the for this thing, I'll I'll do it. But you're gonna have to make sure that all the other all the other actors are played by indigenous people. Hey, to to be fair, I'm with her on that one. Yeah, rules for thee, but not for me. But yes, no, I I, I get it though, because oh, otherwise, we, otherwise we have you know what's his name in face paint. So, right, but I I get it. No, I get it. I get it. But yeah, the, the whole thing is just it, it, like even just up until last year, CBC or no, not CBC, PBS did this whole thing. And that's what sort of set off somebody, uh, an indigenous lady out of uh, Oregon who said, wait a minute, as she's watching that, this sounds like every other, uh, they, as they called it, I never even heard this term before, pretendian. Mm -hmm. And she just did the whole deep dive and found it and got another one. Wow. Uh, I was obsessed with the story for at least a couple days because I just, that blew my mind. Because again, just because that was a name. Obviously, it wasn't necessarily not being indigenous. It wasn't necessarily special to me, but it was a big deal as a Canadian. Right. She was like in the 70s, 80s, like we didn't have a whole lot of celebrities that sort of represented the, the nation elsewhere. She was one of them. Right. Uh, and then what really turned me around on, on all this, so I'm watching a, this other thing on CBC. No, actually it wasn't CBC. It was on uh, the APTN, which is, uh, I think I got this right. I apologize. I never actually watched this until this. Uh, I believe it's called Aboriginal People's Television Network. Okay. And so like, they wanted to get some reactions to that. And there was one from Winnipeg here where I live. And she, uh, for, from a singer here, she said like, well, not only is it heartbreaking, but she took awards from Pete from my friends. Mm -hmm. Because there's designated categories for that. So mm -hmm. and I, then it made me think more back backwards, right? That I found something where she's on Good Morning America, uh debating a senator on an issue I don't remember because it's like I it was it was something in Montana. So like I, it didn't resonate it didn't resonate with me, but it was just her talking on behalf of all indigenous people. When she wasn't and remember back then uh we say I, I don't have to tell you that but for anyone younger <laughs> like you and i we could just we built this platform right we can just do this and it's not a big platform but it's ours and we're doing it and anyone can do it couldn't do that back then you'd have you have your three major networks in the states one maybe in canada 
So, mm-hmm. okay, there, there's a First Nations issue. Who are we going to call? Buffy. Mm-hmm. And it wasn't her story to tell. And for mm-hmm. over 50 years, she said, it's important for us to tell our stories. Lied for yep. 50 years. That is- what's crazy is her act. It's crazy. Your actual last name is Santa Maria. Oh, so you're looking that up as we're going. Yeah, yeah. So yeah, I'm that's like, what part of the groups I've acquired. I've been saying, look at the story. Her actual last name is Santa Maria. So it's not like she really even changed the last name that much to hide it. Well, I mean, be, part of her story was that okay, that she was adopted by an American family. I mean, the, she was raised by an American family. She at least got that part right, but that was her real family. Uh, not only that, she doesn't even have a Canadian passport, I found out. So she's not even, she's still doing everything on a U.S. passport. Mm. Ten different schools, nine in Canada, UMass is one of them, the one in the U.S., that's given her an honorary doctorate. For what? And... Nothing's going to happen to her here. I, the only thing is, I'm sort of glad that this happened when she's still alive. Mm. But maybe I'm a little petty that way. And gee, like I, this has got to be, I was trying to come up with this. This is the biggest lie in entertainment history. And you look, the first thought was Millie Vanilli, but you know, they were, they were. Oh, my first thought was Rock Hudson. Okay, but Rock Hudson's pretended to be straight because that that he had to he had to buffy saint marie could have just been a white ally or she just could have said like she, i suppose that's true you know like she didn't like she didn't have to make it her complete hmm. i'd have to figure if that's the biggest one ever but it's up there rock hudson came to my mind too and, and yeah. others, but i mean like that was something where Okay, so Buffy t- Buffy took that on when it wasn't exactly there wasn't a whole lot of opportunities for you, mm-hmm. First Nations, right? She fell into something, ran with it because she had yeah. a, a unique look that probably a lot of people thought she was. Yeah, that's why I didn't believe it when the first the story first came out. I was like, come on, I'm not even going to read this. And then it showed up on my timeline, on my YouTube thing. It's like, all right, I'll watch this. And then I was like, you know, the whole time, it's like, I can't believe this. I mean, it was one of those things where uh, Trump said, I think, uh, I can't believe how many lies. And Trudeau said, that's awful cultural appropriation. See, I I, I took a shot at both sides. Yeah, 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 yeah. All right, that was funny. I try to be equal here. I, you know, I I appreciate it. So, but yeah, that that's a pretty big story. I would say that's a definite elevator down. So, uh, yeah, I mean, I don't think it's going to cost her anything here. Uh, it should, mm. but it won't. But, uh, yeah, and again, I I have no clue if if she was ever on the radar. That would have been right up there with my fellow cootie thing. But that was uh that, that actually was nom- that was a nomination. So, it was a nomination. It was it's a nomination. A there you go. Uh, so we're going to close with uh, the good, the bad, and the ugly of the last little while. Uh, we'll, do the, we'll do the bad, the ugly, and the good. Okay. Oh, uh, is one of them Saudi Arabia that you predicted? 
No, I do want to take credit for that, though. Can you? Yeah, just do that, because I, I, I think... All right, so that, that was, what, a month ago, whatever yeah. it was? Um, so I predicted... Um, so for those who don't know, soccer, I'm the soccer person here, just like you're the women's basketball person. Um, <laughs> but I'm I'm the soccer one of us, uh, greatly. As you can see, my son had a, uh, had a his birthday was last month. We had to take all the decorations out. They're kind of falling. We have the Uruguay and Mexico flag above. We got Denmark, Ghana, United States is right there. Canada's right up over there. Uh, but these are all the countries qualified for the World Cup. So we had like... Uh, geography slash soccer party for him uh, a little bit ago. Um, but uh, we, uh, so the World Cup in 2026 is in the US, Mexico and Canada. Um, and it, they were having bidding for the 2030 World Cup. Uh, so 2030, they, there was a bid from South America. There's a bit and a joint bid from Europe, uh, which was real interesting. I thought it had a very good chance of winning, which it did, which was Portugal, Spain, and Morocco. Uh, good, good it happened for a couple reasons. One, the the Port Morocco's recent success, Spain and Portugal's history, and those countries haven't always necessarily gotten along. Mm -hmm. See Ceuta and Maria as part of that, right? Oh, uh, but they're working together. It's great to see uh, the World Cup back in Africa in some capacity. Especially exactly. with the country that's been good. And, and, yeah, exactly. Um, and uh, I thought that bid was going to win, but they did that. And then they had a sneaky one where because Uruguay, Paraguay, and Argentina had a bid together. And they gave each of them sort of like a couple of games as part of this World Cup for reasons that seemed very, very strange. Until you remember one thing. No continent can have World Cups if you have one, so North America is officially eliminated for the next two cycles, right? You can't have one there again. But by doing it this way, they've taken out Europe, Africa, and South America. So unless you're going to have one in New Zealand, that only left Asia. And I was like, well, if that's going to happen, the only reason that's happening is what country is going to get the next World Cup? Saudi Arabia. The country that's buying everything else out. Saudi Arabia. Did they even announce exactly. a bid when you made that prediction? Uh, I made it, what, six weeks ago? Yeah, but did they even announce that they were even going for that? Uh, they, they, well, I said it as soon as they made the announcement of the Argentina wrinkle. I wasn't okay. surprised because it, it started with it was just Spain, Portugal, and, and, and Morocco. It's like, oh, that's cool. And then like 12 hours later, they mentioned that stuff in South America was involved. I'm like, oh boy, the fix is in. I did the math. Um, yeah, and that's what happened. So it's neither good, bad, nor ugly. It's just business as usual in FIFA. We'll see it that way. Mm -hmm. Um, I just wanted to give you credit on that one because I appreciate that. Thank you. Because yeah, um, when that happened, you, you just you just sent me that message, and it's like, okay, well, you called it. Uh, we, we can document you called it. I didn't see anyone else calling it. You think John? I should have. I should have come out with it. But yeah, there, there's clear the fix was in to me. Yeah. Um, also, with a fix being in, which we're not going to talk about this week because I want to see what happened. Everton got docked 10 points today for financial irregularities off of basically like one complaint, whereas City has like 115 and Chelsea's got like 60 something and no decisions have been made. So I'm going to leave that for now. I want to mention it quickly, but I'm going to leave that for now as something to watch in this space right. for the future. We'll be watching. We're going to start with the bad. Uh, and I'm going to start with Carissa Thompson as the bad. Mm -hmm. uh, 
it's never good to undermine your entire job and everyone else who does it. So Carissa Thompson came out and admitted that she fabricates some sideline reports if she can't get people to talk to her. And there are a lot of people who work their butts off on the sidelines. It's not an easy job. You're down there. You, I mean, particularly football, you got to be there and dodge stuff and all sorts of things. You have to be on your toes while starting to write your story and everything else. And there are a lot of people who are really pissed off about this. It's just a bad look. I mean, she's apologized now after she said it. And she's doing it to just be like, it was on a podcast. It was just kind of like, she wanted them to like her. Like there was no real reason for it. She just like came out with it out of nowhere. Um, so, so no one was even, she wasn't even cornered when she, when she uh, admitted this? From what I, I mean, I didn't, I'll be honest. I didn't hear everything that came up. She was on the part of my take podcast. Mm -hmm. Um. But her quote was, I haven't been fired for saying it, but I'll say it again. I make up the report sometimes because, A, the coach would come out at halftime or it's too late. And I was like, I didn't want to screw up the report. So I was like, I'm just going to make it up. And then no coaches get mad if I say, hey, we need to stop hurting ourselves. We need to be better on third down. We need to stop turning the ball over and do a better job getting off the field. They're not going to correct me on that. So I'm like, I'm, it's fine. I'll just make up the report. sideline reporters have let's be blunt they're mostly worthless yeah but i mean regardless but like her 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 response was on the podcast this week i said i make reports early in my career which is not what she said mm -hmm. uh when i worked as a sideline reporter before i transitioned to my current host, host role working in the media i understand how important words are and i choose the wrong words to describe a situation you tell I, me what wrong word she used well, where where is the ambiguity in that and, uh, say, say that whole, whole say that again she said that she's important how understand how important words are and she chose the wrong words to describe the situation what words could she have possibly screwed up it was pretty explicit on that and she repeated herself on multiple times so it's just a bad look yeah. it makes a lot of people look bad um so they, I guess, I guess my my thing on that. And I've thought this pretty much all my life. Uh, silent reporters generally don't add anything. Um, 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 and in a lot of cases, they're just they're eye candy. Bluntly, now you can have. I think you should have one on each side. And if there's something that they're learning that's going to be valuable to the play, the the commentary team, you find a way to sort of like get that up up to them. Beyond that, if they've got nothing. Don't go to them for, for no reason at all. Yeah, I mean, Tony Saragusa was my favorite eye candy. My, um, okay, mine too, but he was, okay. But mostly just because he was the only one who was entertaining. Like uh, when when Paul and I have been watching some of these old games, and like, oh my God, they're like, like and you'd see like, uh, there's Nick Buonaconte as, as a sideline reporter. Oh, and, that's true. And, and, yeah. But he's horrible at it. And he's adding nothing. Mm. So it's not like a... It's it's not a, a man thing, a female thing. Just if you've got nothing, you're you're serving zero purpose, zero. Yeah. And so anyway, I, I don't I don't want to belabor the point, but yeah, no, nah, I just, just, went, just a bad. I just went with yeah. That. Let, let, let's just go. It's a bad look. Um, I do want to, like I say, throw out a special shout out to to Bob Dylan in defending Jan Wenner 
after he said that women and, and minorities aren't good enough to be in the Rock Roll Hall of Fame and saying that uh, he got booted and that uh, he's trying to get him back in on the board. Um, as as, uh, as the Captain Curse once said, I want to be Bob Dylan. Mr. Jones wishes he was someone with a little more understanding of what's going on in the room. So, uh, yeah, I just just a special shout out this place to Bob Dylan defending uh, defending the undefendable. Um, uh, so anyway, the ugly, the ugly, the good and the ugly are both the same sport. Um, so the, the ugly, I just want to ask you a question. Sure. What would uh, Draymond Green have to do to get suspended 10 games? Mm. Uh, let's see. I, I think take someone's head off, but not literally take someone's head off as uh, David Cross did a whole bit. Actually mm. take someone's head off because we're talking about commentators. It's like, well, he literally took his head off on that play, but he, his head's still on. So here's here's my question for you. And this was, I heard this, to be fair, I heard this first uh, on uh, the um, on uh, the mismatch with uh, Kevin, with uh O'Connor and um, whatever his name on, on the ringer. Mm -hmm. um, if the roles were reversed and Rudy Gobert was choking Draymond Green, mm -hmm. how many games would Gobert have gotten? That's, that's a good question. Uh, I can tell you the answer. The answer is five. <laughs> probably, yeah. Uh, even though Gobert doesn't necessarily, he's got it, he's got other other labels on him, but yes. Gobert has other labels on him, but Gobert has not been consistent as consistently suspended for stuff as, as, Draymond. as Draymond. Draymond's one of the dirtiest players in the league. I wish he played in the 80s just so Bill Ambeer could kick his ass. Um, so, that would or be, Charles Oakley. Because he's that a, would be more fun. He's a fake tough guy. He's so fake of a tough guy. Um, and he's a, he's a he, tough guy now. This, well, this he's a tough guy in this era. You're right. He's yeah. a tough guy in which there are no consequences for anything. I mean, I mean, it's it's like but, I look at today's generation. I I, I used to tell my dad, uh, you know, I, I feel like I'm dirty hairy compared to some of the 20 year olds going growing up now. Yeah, I mean that's entirely true. I work with a lot of them. So, yeah. um, moving on. Yeah, but moving on. I don't understand how the suspension is only five games. I don't Not understand that. Like the, the the Warriors are toast. That team is done. I'm sorry. Steph Curry is freaking amazing. Do you know how many players other than Steph Curry have scored 20 points this season? How many times has one of his teammates has scored at least 20 points? I've been watching. Like, I don't think Clay's like Clay's not doing much. One. Is it even Clay? No, it's uh, I can't remember his name. The the uh, guy from Europe whose name I can't remember, who in the first game of the season scored 20 points. I can't think of his name. But, like, it's all, it's all on Steph. Yeah. The rest of that team is done. Clay Thompson is cooked. Oh, absolutely. He is absolutely cooked. The Warriors would be nuts to sign him to anything more than, like, what the Celtics signed uh, Horford to, right? Just, like, nowhere near a max contract, nowhere near anything. And if he wants anything more than that, 
Well, it's been nice to know you. We'll see. We'll see it for your statue being installed outside the stadium, right? But like that team is cooked, and Draymond Green is—he has to go. He has to be sent a lesson. Five games is nothing for chokeholding someone from absolutely behind, dragging him out. And by the way, Warriors fans, Gobert wasn't choking anybody first. They're like Zap Bruder filming it, frame by frame, trying to justify this. The announcers, the announcers on this stuff were freaking making Clay out to be an innocent victim when he has a, a McDaniel's shirt and it's like flipping around. McDaniel's goes back at him because Clay has his shirt. And you're like, what's McDaniel's thinking there going after Clay? He wasn't. He was backing up with someone grabbing his shirt. Like, I don't hate the Warriors. I just don't. I know the Celtics lost them and Draymond got away with just running people over that entire series, right? Mm-hmm. With no fouls being called. I get that. But I don't hate the Warriors. But come on. There has to be more than this for a guy who, like, I guess he didn't throw a punch. But if he threw a punch, what's Draymond's? thing 10 games yeah is it like what does he have to do to actually get a suspension greater than anybody else would get i don't even know the answer he he gets away with everything and it's really freaking bad for the league also by the way the referees have been terrible this whole season i just want to point that out i would agree with Um, that uh so anyway the 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 technical foul on Giannis the other day was insane so uh, anyway, that's my. It's also basketball. What, what what might that be? You didn't tell me ahead of time. I did not. Yeah, it can't be the play-in tournament. Or not play-in uh, tournament. Uh, this, this. I love I love the in-league tournament, but I, I think it's a combination really? of. Hold on, I think it's a combination of that and the players not being able to sit. Oh, uh, okay. Okay. That makes sense. So one of the problems basketball has always had is what's the start of the season? The answer is Christmas. Normally in the NBA. Yep. Right. We have huge matchups on Christmas every single year. You got the five games. It's a whole day of basketball from beginning to end. It's usually a great day. And it's the first day most people start caring. Right. Yeah, I would agree. They came up with this in-season tournament, which I know you don't necessarily care about. But the Celtics-Raptors game tonight was fantastic. The Celtics destroyed the Raptors earlier this week. Uh, they were back, and the, Ra- the Raptors felt slightly di- uh, disrespected after that game. Uh, and they came, and they played their asses off. Celtics did not play well tonight and had to drag out a three-point win. But teams are giving a shit. And the top players are not sitting unless they're actually injured. The other night, Jalen Brown and Porzingis sat out for the Celtics, both their first game. Brown was actually sick, and Porzingis had like a real bad knee bruise that made it hard for him to mend his knee. And he sat one sat one game and he was back the next game, right? Huh? Like those the Celtics don't miss many games, but like Durant has played every game. Curry's missed a couple now, back to back, but he's playing basically every game. Like LeBron, not only is LeBron playing every game, I think he's bugs buying. He's playing every position. That team is also awful, except for LeBron. Um, but like all these guys who would be sitting on back to backs, even in October, November are not doing so like someone went through the top. I saw someone went through the top 20 scores in the league of those top 20 scores. The most, any games, any of them had missed was two. 
And again, I know it's the middle of November. We've had 12, 13 games, whatever it is for most teams. But people were sitting all the time before. And it was one of the big issues that the league had was that people paying for tickets, not knowing who's going to be coming. The betting lines are not knowing who's sitting. And if people are injured legitimately or they need a game off because they're like, you know, they got a, they got an actual problem, then cool, right? I get that. But like the first game with the Phoenix, they had Bradley Beal was out and then Booker was out and then Durant was out. Well, that's the only game Durant has missed as well. Mm-hmm. It was the second game. Like it's just it's so much better. And the games are the scoring is up, the games are more competitive. You're getting more people with 50 points. Sometimes they're not always competitive, but you're getting more and more exciting stuff because more and more good players are playing. And I think that's a good sign. And I think it's we'll see how goals later in the season we may get to march we'll have people in rest mode uh but at least for the part of the season that has never mattered it's working okay i might stand corrected okay yeah. so that brings- and i'm sorry one last shout out while we're at it yeah. have to do one more soccer congratulations to albania for making the european cup they qualified today for the year for the euro cup in 2024 in soccer really is that the first time they're second. They made it in 2016. It's only their second major tournament ever. Hmm. So they tied Moldova today. They may not win the group. Um, Czech, the Czech Republic is right behind them. Um, but they are guaranteed to finish in the top two. Um, and so they automatically qualify for the tournament. So I told my son that today, and he's like, but Albania is terrible. He plays FIFA all the time. They're like the you know, way bottom of the list in Europe. And uh, he's like, they're terrible how they make it. I'm like, they won more games than anybody else. So just congratulations to, I like it when small countries don't get to do much, you know, do stuff. Pakistan, Pakistan, by the way, lost their first game four to nothing to Saudi Arabia in uh, Asian qualifying. So, okay. Yeah. Cause you said that that was a pretty. Well, they had never, they never advanced past the very first round of World Cup qualifying ever. It's a country of over 100 million people. It's the first time. And they got beaten. But hey, they only got beaten 4 nothing, which isn't that bad, honestly, in Saudi Arabia. Uh, Comoros lost 8 nothing today to uh, Ghana. So well, maybe they should play into the. Seychelles lost to Ghana, not Comoros. Comoros won. So. Yeah. All right. Not just soccer. He, know, he knows his countries. Model you. I do know my countries. They're, they're very simple. I played a lot of Where in the World is Carmen San Diego. So. Where is she in nowadays, anyway? Well, she's been around the world from Cannes to Carolina. She's a sticky-fingered filter from Berlin down to Belize. She's taken on a ride on a slow boat to China. I'll tell you where in the world is Carmen San Diego. She goes from Nashville to Norway, Bonaire to Zimbabwe, Chicago to Czechoslovakia, and back. I didn't know there was a whole song about that. I just... Oh, come on, they're Canadian. It's Rockapella. They'll ransack Rakistan and run a scam in Scandinavia. Make you stick them up down under and she'll make your pockets burst. Demeanor when she stole the beans from Lima. Tell me where in the world is Carmen San Diego? Come on. Yeah, Rockapella, the pride of you. I don't know. I, I did know that once I went around the world, couldn't find my baby. <laughs> Uh, uh, I take that back. They're not, they're not Canadian. I thought they were Canadian. I don't know who we're talking about. Hold on. I just know that the, 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 that was a show. They're from New York City. That's ridiculous. I was convinced they're Canadian. Oh, uh, we don't have everything. 
We don't. We don't even have a a, a, a a indigenous folk hero anymore. Yeah, you do. Who's that? Oh, <laughs> yeah. There was that one time he said that he that he was because he's one sixteenth or something that he gets that he doesn't have to pay taxes. That's not quite how that works. But anyway. So anyway, all right, all right. So uh, yeah, so a lot of yeah. <laughs> Time to plug a few things. Uh, yeah, absolutely. Uh, a lot of things that we haven't sort of gotten to just because we've been working really hard in the United States Athletic, Athletics Hall of Fame. Uh, so we're, apologies for that. There's about like seven or eight shows in the can that I still have to get to. Shows I've done with Paul Lawrence where we're looking at old uh, Super Bowls uh, with Glenn Pulowski, the classic sports review, which most of them are really sports related. Uh, next week it is the, uh, the uh, it's the cancel pool. Oh God, I forgot about that. Oh, don't forget about that. That's live, buddy. Okay, when what day? Twenty second. That's Wednesday. Mm-hmm. Okay, that I can do. Yep. So that's coming up. Uh, there's the show we do with Andrea and Andrea Tessman and Brad Nelson. How the hell was this a hit? There's a few more of those mm -hmm. coming up. So uh, there's gonna be a lot more videos coming in the next little while. Uh, next week I will be probably if I'm going to mention two. Evan, the new list for the Rocked for, for the Notton Hall of Fame Rock and the Notton Hall of Fame Hockey. That's sort of taken a back burner. That's finally going to yep. be updated. So there's a lot more site up now without Pierre Turgeon. Um, all right, <laughs> which means that anything is possible, I guess. No, it's not. Jeremy Roenick's still not getting in. <laughs> uh, Oh, there'll be some politics on the on the next one because I, I kind of have to go there. Yeah, I know. Yeah. So. But anywho, with that, wherever you are, wherever you may be, make it a great day. Ain't coming again. All right. Take care, everybody.